today on CityCast Denver. Our producer, Alexandra McMahon, is leaving for Philadelphia. But before she leaves the only home she's ever known, she's got a Colorado bucket list to fulfill and only a couple of months left to do it. We asked for your recs, and this past weekend, Alexandra checked off her biggest box, the world-famous Wild Animal Sanctuary in Keensburg, which is now home to 38 tigers that once belonged to the infamous Tiger King, Joe Exotic. I saw tiger, now I understand. I saw tiger, and the tiger saw So, Xander's back on the show today to talk lions, tigers, and bears. Oh my. Today is Tuesday, May 10th, 2022. I'm Bree Davies, and this is CityCast Denver. Alexandra, welcome back to our show. Yes, I'm back. You <laughs> thought you could get rid of me, but here I am. <laughs> so before you go, which we keep saying, but really before you go, we're going to follow up on your bucket list. And um, we put out a call to our listeners to see if anyone had any suggestions for places you should go, things you should see before you leave Colorado. Um, are there any highlights that you want to mention before we talk about the place that you went on your bucket list. Yes. Yeah. I just want to thank people so much. I feel like we got so many uh, calls. I got tweets of just like really thoughtful places to add to my bucket list. Um, And so now I'm just like overwhelmed. I'm like, oh my gosh, there's so many things in Colorado that I haven't done that it sound really cool. Um, Like we got one voicemail uh, from a listener who recommended the Ice Core Lab, which I had never really heard of, but apparently it's like a nationally renowned research facility. Hi, my name is Jillian. I live in the Barnum neighborhood, um, and I wanted to make a suggestion for Xandra. One of the coolest things I've done in Denver is gone to the National Ice Core Lab. It's like a research facility where they receive ice cores. Like, it is the spot in the country for that. They give you, like, a full rundown of, like, why the research is important, the implications for climate change, and, like, what they're doing in the facilities. And then you get to go into their one one of their, like, incredibly cold freezers for about 60 seconds, and it's, it's pretty cool. Um, yeah, that's what I was looking to. All right. Thanks. Bye. So, yeah, and then we got some other voicemails that were just, like, just really cute things like finding all the gnomes at the Denver Museum of Nature and Science, um, which I have done. I have not found them all. I haven't either, but... But I've seen the gnomes. Hi, my name is Hannah Wright, and I live in Westminster and work just east of Little Saigon. And I wanted to recommend uh, for Alexandra, if she hasn't done it yet before she leaves, she should go on the gnome tour at the Denver Museum of Nature and Science. Uh, it is my favorite thing to do is to hunt down all of the gnomes in the uh, exhibits. And it's a great way to make sure that you see the entire museum, uh, which is really the best. It's my favorite place in Denver. Thanks, y'all. That's like my favorite place to go. It's like the, the mo- except for just don't go during the week when school field trips are there. That's when the Museum of Nature and Science is like total mayhem. But yeah. their Friday nights are the best. It's like a date night. So if you can sneak Ooh. into a 
Museum of Nature and Science Friday night before you go, it's like a really great way to experience the museum. Oh, that's cool. Okay, that's good to know. And they serve beer there. Just do uh, they? Can you yeah, walk on, around the museum with beer? Yeah, I saw on it's like Friday nights through open till nine and they do that. And I saw people with beers and I was like, this is a great idea. Whoa. So something you and Cheyenne could try. This episode is brought to you by the Colorado Wine Board. Because the wine community here is like surprisingly robust. I mean, think about Bigsby's Folly and Infinite Monkey Theorem here in Denver alone. And there are urban wineries all across the Front Range. Then there's the Western Slope, Peonia, I mean, Palisade. Hello, Palisade Wine, are you kidding me? It didn't used to really be a thing, but from what I hear, it's very much a thing now. There are more than 165 wineries across Colorado to explore, and they produce all sorts of wine that reflect our unique culture and climate. So finding a label that you're going to love is easy, no matter where your adventure takes you. Discover it for yourself and support local winemakers at coloradowine.com. That's coloradowine.com. But anyway, so again, yeah, thank you everyone for writing in. Um, You know, I leave in July, so I have lots of time still to do all these cool new things that I didn't even think of. So I, my bucket list has gotten much bigger. Um, but it's, we did do one thing this past weekend. I was going to say, so that's why we're talking is you did one of the big things on your bucket list uh, this past weekend. Where did you go? We went to the Wild Animal Sanctuary in Keensburg and yeah. had a blast. Um, it's farther from Denver than I expected it to be. And it kind of feels like you're driving to the airport for a little while because you're going so far out east. And then you once once you get there and then you're like taking these like side roads and you're just like in the middle of nowhere. And then it's just like the compound just opens up to you and you're just like, oh, my God, this is huge. And like you can't see it from the road at all. It's crazy. So, Alexandra, can you explain what the wild animal sanctuary is? Because it's it's not the zoo, but it's what is it? Yeah. So it's out in Keensburg, Colorado. Um, They... It, the land spans like 790 acres wow. and so that's all like natural habitats for the animals and then it's this got this giant elevated walkway that goes across the habitats that visitors can walk on but it's it, all the animals come from uh they're they're all rescues from like bad situations you know like illegal like animal keeping you know like if like people had like some of the foxes that they had were like in people's apartments just they were just like being raised in people's apartments or like they'll get seized from a lot of circuses so all these animals have come from like bad pass but now they live happily in this like wide open space they they've got all kinds of enrichment activities for the animals too they've built you know giant water features like little ponds and lakes for them we saw this one bear taking a bath in like his little hot tub and uh, they have like balls that they can play with and like, you know, jo- like for the leopards, they've got these like high up rope bridges kind of thing. I don't know how to describe it, but then they can like climb and, you know, walk across and be up high, you know, like they're in trees. So, you know, the- everything is to enrich these animals lives that have come from from bad pass. So I've never been there. What what does it look like when you show up? What's it like? Yeah, so you pull in, it's like a giant parking lot. That's not very exciting. But there's this giant visitor tent. And when you walk into the giant, like, white visitor tent, I mean, it's like, 
Wow. I mean, it's like really fancy. I think for some reason in my brain, I expected this animal sanctuary just because like it doesn't get a lot of attention. It doesn't get any like state funding or federal funding. So I expected it to be kind of like little like, you know, DIY thrown together. But no, it's not like that. It's like really fancy when you walk in. They've got like these like beautiful art sculptures of like elephants and stuff and a huge cafe too right there in the visitor center and it's like you have to watch like a welcome video and stuff and um i should say too i went with uh cheyenne my girlfriend and then we also brought uh my brother who was visiting from leadville he was in town and um so we walked in and cheyenne and keith after we watched the the welcome video too which is like this 10 minute long video that makes you sad about the animals but then you know also like shows you like what they're doing and how it's better at the sanctuary and then they're just like okay it's time get ready you're about to have your life changed and so then we're walking up these like big stairs to get up to the walkway and Cheyenne and Keith are both just like this is like Jurassic Park this is like we're going into Jurassic Park you just hear the music in the background start yeah, exactly. playing something about the design and like how fancy it was and the cafe I don't know it just really felt like we were like going into Jurassic Park and then you get out on the walkway and it's just the walkway is super long like I think it's at least a mile and it's an elevated walkway right yes is this what you're talking about 30 feet into the air and the reason why they do that is because they, they talk about this in the video. So, you know, sometimes you see tigers pacing back and forth in front of the glass at zoos. It's because they're anxious and they're territorial yeah. because they don't like it. They're like looking at these people, these strangers who are encroaching on their territory. But apparently when people are above them, they, they don't consider the sky to be their territory. So they don't care. They're, if you're up above them and they see you, they're just like, whatever. It doesn't make them anxious. So you just changed my whole perspective of the zoo because that's like the... When the animals are pacing, everybody's like, look at the animal right in the front of us. How cute. Mm, and now I'm exciting. thinking, I'm going to be all stressed out next time I go to the yeah. zoo. You're going to feel bad. And that's kind of, I mean, I, after visiting the sanctuary, I do really feel like, oh, why do we have zoos? Mm. I mean, it's just the, the animals at the sanctuary have so much space. And some of them are in smaller enclosures, but that's just like a transitional thing. So once so they if they're like coming animal, out of a captive yeah. space and they're being brought to the sanctuary, it's sort of like getting them reacclimated to this bigger space. Yeah, exactly. So a lot of times they need vet care too. Um, a lot of times, like some of the tigers they rescue, they've never seen another tiger in their life. <sighs> so before they put them with other tigers or in a place where they can see other animals, they need to get acclimated, they need to get socialized. But it's cool because you can, you kind of get a mix of like, you see both, you see the animals in the big enclosures, like having a blast, like, it's really important to bring binoculars when you go to the sanctuary, because like, when you first walk in to the left of the walkway, there's the Kodiak bear enclosure, which goes back, I mean, it looks like they're like miles away, but because these bears are so gigantic, and I talked to one of the volunteers who was like, yeah, that's like one of our biggest bears. His name's Trouble, and he's from Alaska. Aww. And his name's Trouble because he was oh, getting trouble. into people's garages and eating their food. So he lives at the sanctuary now. But he was like, 
acres away and you could still see him without binoculars he was that big but so you'd see them like kind of like almost like yeah out in the wild in like a natural habitat (laughs) lions tigers and bears oh yeah oh my (laughs) (laughs) any other animals at the sanctuary or, or or anything that surprised you I think the funniest story from yesterday, or because like a lot of the animals were sleepy, it was super windy, which sucked. Mm. And even the volunteers were saying that like this wind doesn't usually l- bother the animals, but the wind was so bad yesterday that the animals were kind of all hunkered down because it was so bad. So I was like, great. Well, we still got to see a lot, but the wolves, uh, the timber wolves and the Arctic wolves somebody's hat blew off i mean they kept saying too they were just like hold on to your hats it's so windy hold on to your hats and you're 30 feet in the air yeah somebody didn't listen hat blew off into the wolf enclosure the wolves had a blast with that hat they were like immediately like oh my god a new chew toy and they were just like (laughs) ripping it up throwing their heads back and forth we got great pictures it was so funny and then the funniest thing was watching the little like fortified golf cart that the workers drive into the enclosures in <laughs> they drove in or like throwing meat out to the wolves to distract them and then one of the workers like hopped out of the car really quick grabbed the hat hopped back in, and drove off so the wolves didn't get to keep the hat but it's okay so speaking of like the workers aspect um i think a lot of us who spent <laughs> quarantine watching garbage tv <laughs> watched <laughs> Tiger King. Hey, I'm Joe Exotic, otherwise known as the Tiger King, the gay gun cane redneck with a mullet. And um, I just wonder between that and then these ideas or the experience we have at the zoo, um, what, like, does the wild animal sanctuary actually look like a a better place for animals than maybe, say, the the Tiger King situations of the world or or your traditional zoo? I mean, I would definitely think so. And they've actually rescued, um, they said they have like 38 of Joe Exotic's tigers. Holy cow, 38? Yeah. <sighs> oh, so, that breaks my heart. I think they said they came to the sanctuary in 2017. So yeah, they, they have a whole like Tiger King enclosure. But yeah, I mean, I just, I think that there, there's an important role for the zoo Definitely. I'm not saying that, like, I don't want to, like, crap all over the Denver Zoo. For sure. But it is difficult when you see the animals in this kind of environment and then think about how small their habitats are at the zoo. Yeah. And I know that the zoo is, like, a lot more cost, like, a lot lot more affordable because I think the zoo is, like, $20 to get in. The sanctuary, it's 50. And they talk about why it's so expensive, though, because, again, like I said earlier, they don't get state funding, federal funding, city funding, it's all donation-based. One interesting thing I learned was that a lot of celebrities donate to the Wild Animal Sanctuary in Kingsburg. Um, Apparently, Justin Timberlake and Jessica Biel are big supporters of the sanctuary. (laughs) So good for them. Also, they said they have, um, they rescued a bunch of Bolivian tigers a couple years ago, and the Price is Right guy apparently paid for the airfare for the Tigers. Yeah, Bob Barker. He paid for the Tigers to get flown to the sanctuary in Kingsburg. So, like, they rely heavily. I mean, they they rely solely on donations. So, so I understand the price difference here is 50 bucks at the sanctuary and and say 20 at the zoo, but the zoo's also subsidized to a certain extent by like SCFD funding and, and things like that. Yeah, they get help. And, like, Oh my God, one volunteer told us that the animals eat so much meat because they have like, you know, so many animals. 
Right. And they, I think she said sometimes they can eat up to 80,000 pounds of meat a week. Holy shnikes. And I was like, where does the meat come from? Where do you guys get the meat? And yeah. she was just like, it gets donated from Walmart mostly. Oh. But like, it's not like spoiled or rotten. It's just <laughs> no, like no, no. they didn't sell. But like, that's just like blew, blew my mind. I was just like, really? <laughs> so, you know, they, they, they're doing what they can. Yeah. So you you hit the wild animal sanctuary on your bucket list. Where does it land for you on like expectation versus reality? Like, do you think it was it was something worth checking off? Oh, yeah. Yeah. We're, we've been wanting to do that for years. We had a great time. I really wish it wasn't so windy. But for some reason right now, Colorado has just been so windy lately. And it's going to be windy no matter what. You're 30 feet in the, in the air. Um but even with the wind, I think that's a testament to how much fun we had because even with the wind, we still had a great time and still saw a lot of animals and we're very satisfied with our experience, learned a ton. So yeah, I'm really glad that we got to go. Well, Alexandra, thank you so much for sharing your experience at the Wild Animal Sanctuary. Yeah, of course. I'm stoked to go there, so I'm glad that you checked it out. And here's what else Denverites are talking about. Oops, he did it again. Denver Nuggets star center Nikola Jokic is the NBA's most valuable player for the second year in a row, according to all the reliable sources. Ignore all that Joel Embiid chatter. This is our moment. And how could we not celebrate a guy who, according to ESPN, has become the first player in NBA history to score 2,000 points, 1,000 rebounds, and 500 assists in a season? I don't think we've seen a true Denver sports superstar like Jokic since John Elway. And I have a feeling Jokic is a way better tipper than Elway. And that feeling is not at all based on my personal experience of waiting on the former quarterback in a little restaurant called Chili's 20 years ago when he tipped me exactly $0. Oh, and in more good news, Metro State University of Denver has announced that starting this fall, students who belong to any of the 574 federally recognized indigenous nations can attend MSU tuition and fee-free. How cool is that? That's all for today here on CityCast Denver. If you enjoyed the show, why not take a minute to tell a friend about us? Rate the show wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe to our morning newsletter, where today Peyton shares more of your recommendations for Alexandra's bucket list. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. See ya! It kind of reminds me of how... Um, Obviously, probably from the book Eloise. But when I was a kid, I was like, man, I want to live in a hotel. It'd be so cool. <laughs> sure, it would cost a gazillion dollars to live in the Waldorf Astoria. But Eloise did it, and it looked awesome. <laughs> <laughs>